This is the Third and Thirty Podcast, a coach's podcast where we believe opportunity is everything. My name is Coach Praveen Machpagat, and I'm joined alongside Coach Jason Chaddock, and we're here bringing you another episode of the Third and Thirty Podcast, uh, virtually per usual from a distance, and working hard through these times to make sure we get a show out to every single one of you. So we appreciate you listening to the show and staying with us through the entirety. And we've had some incredible guests on the show. And again, a brand new guest that, uh, you know, we couldn't be more excited to have on the show. And first things first, as always, Coach Chaddock, how you doing today? Coach, I'm doing good. Um, excited for our uh, episode today and uh, getting to have a great conversation with our guest uh, who has a who has a, a huge background of experience and 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 I'm gonna say coach I'm still I'm still living this this uh, sports life of learning that you and I keep talking about every mm-hmm. episode yeah we had we had a tough loss over the weekend and it was again one of those games that came down to the wire and good opponent you know don't want to take anything away from them uh, we just made a couple mistakes that that uh, you know hurt us. And, you know, now we're getting ready for the playoffs. So we finished the year three and three, getting ready for the playoffs now. They're, they're coming up uh, in a week. Uh, so we're learning, we're growing. And as I'm, I'm very confident that our learning and growing will continue this week as we have a great guest on the show. And we also will, will continue driving through our football learning, if you will. And I'm excited for, for what we can continue to do as a society and learning and growing and and using this podcast as an avenue to help educate ourselves and others. So I'm excited, coach. I'm excited you brought up, you know, drive. We haven't talked about it much, you know, brought it up specifically in in the show lately and it's kind of like an expectation now that people people know what drive is and you know what kind of the expectation is when we talk about drive, but it's always good to reiterate and remind people, you know, and and drive is kind of what we kind of, what we live by and it's determination, rigor, uh, inspiration, uh, victory and excellence. And I believe that coach Cal Bowers, uh, emulates every single one of these in an extremely strong way. And you could just kind of feel it in his voice. Um, by the way, he's just, you know, you know, he's been around and you know, he knows what he's talking about and he's just a no nonsense kind of guy. And, he keeps it real with you, and it's just I, in the conversation we had with him was uh, pretty awesome, and I can't wait to bring it to you guys because it was uh, it's it's amazing when you get to build these connections, and every single connection you get to meet just kind of blows you away, and that's exactly what Coach Cal Bowers did. Um, he is a uh, 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 financial representative uh, currently, but has you know, over you know, a few decades of ex- coaching experience in uh, in football, um, Bowling Green grad um, through and through, and he uh, and uh, we, 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 something we learned was um, very common to meet your significant other uh, at Bowling Green. It turns out, <laughs> so you know you'll find that Falcon. out. What what what's what, yeah Falcon Flames? That's what it was. So I uh, can't wait to. Uh, uh, have you guys listen to that? So let's let's waste no more time and let's go ahead and bring Coach Cal Bowers onto the show. 
Joining us now on the 3rd and 30 podcast, we are extremely excited to welcome our next guest onto the show, Cal Bowers, a financial representative um, and a coach and a leader. And um, we're, we're, we're blessed to have him on the show. Uh, coach Cal, thanks for, thanks for coming on today. Hey, Coach P and, and uh, Coach Shaq, I, 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 I love it. I mean, I, I, I'm, as I said uh, to Jason uh, the other day, I'm honored for you guys to even consider having, uh, having this old offensive lineman uh, on your podcast. Uh, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, hanging out with you guys for a little bit and, and, uh, and chatting. This is, uh, it's always fun to, to do this kind of stuff. And, and obviously, you both are new to, new to me and new in my world. I, I, that's one of the great things I've always enjoyed is this creating relationships and and friendships and and because uh, they last a lifetime and and uh, uh it served me well over my 47 almost 48 years of of my life so i, I appreciate you guys having me on that's awesome and hey if anyone knows anything about football they got to know that it starts with the offensive line and it starts in the trenches so um you know people people tend to forget these days with the skill positions but if you know football offensive line is number one Coach P, I, when I kind of oversee a lot of our alumni efforts for BJSU football, which has um, uh, been an honor uh, over the last number of years. Uh, and, uh, and and I think the quarterbacks and the kickers get really tired of me talking about the best-looking guys and the best athletes are on the offensive line, especially the, the, the most handsome guys play center. And uh, you know, I'll see guys like Brian McClure, who's one of the BGSU's all-time greats, or a couple of these kickers that, that uh, have done very, very well um, – Sean Swisham, who kicked for the, the Steelers and, and the pros for a good number of years. And those guys just look at me and they know it's coming. They just start shaking their head because you know, I pick on the quarterbacks. I really pick on the kickers and, and they know where they all, where, where, where I stand on, on the athletes of the team. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> that's the best. You got to let them know. You can't let them forget. They get in their own heads. You got to remind them, you know, every now and then. So that's awesome, coach. Um, you know, what we want to start with and what we kind of start with with every one of our guests is is allow you to kind of talk a little bit about yourself and kind of kind of your journey in life and how you kind of ended up where you are today. Yeah. And, um, you know, you said you had, you know, almost 50 years of experience um, in, in the game. And that is, um, you know, I'm sure that's a lot to go through. Now, we are a podcast, so in, in, there's no on, time in, limit In the here. game of life, not in the game, in the game of <laughs> oh, life. <laughs> My apologies. Thank you. <laughs> well, I'm not that old. <laughs> I will be. So my, my knees feel like I'm that <laughs> by mistake. I'm, uh, <laughs> you you uh, look like you you look like you could still suit up and play. Absolutely. Well, I, I, got, I think I think I got the LBs that that I could. You know, <laughs> I, I probably play nose tackle these days versus <laughs> offensive line. No, it, it, you bring up a good question and and kind of my journey. Um, it's uh, it, it ties into kind of you know razzing me about my height and my weight a little bit, but that goes in the, the, the football thing. So I'm, I'm originally from Auburn, Indiana, a little town just north of uh, Fort Wayne, kind of the northeast corner of Indiana. And uh, two parents that um, uh, were factory workers. My mom was from Germany. My dad met her when he was in the armed services back in the early 60s. And I had an older brother that was born over in Germany, and, and they moved back to America um, when my dad got out of the Army. And I was born in 1972, and you know, I was a child of the 80s. Grew up with a, a mullet and uh, <laughs> uh, a, a, lot of, a lot of rock and roll music, and, and uh, I just that's all we knew. And and, and we, um, you know, I was very fortunate because I had a lot of great influences in my life growing up in, in Indiana, um, as it relates to to leaders and 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 uh, sports mentors, if you will. 
And um, gosh, I played baseball, played uh, uh, obviously football, um, uh, basketball. I got it as a uh, got into track and field when I was in junior high. Became a, a I feel pretty good shot putter. Um, still hold a couple of the records back at my old high school, but um, I didn't realize that I started having. Uh, that I didn't really realize I, I had a chance to start having some success in athletics until about seventh or eighth grade. That's kind of a nerd. I was always a big kid, a little clumsy, but I kind of grew into my body and grew into, grew into my size. But I had a couple coaches that. Uh, around seventh and eighth grade, that really focused their efforts and energy on uh, on me as a as a student, as an athlete, as a as a, a young man that could potentially have some success at the high school level and, and beyond. And, um, and I know we'll talk about I think some inspirational leaders later. You gave me some of those crib notes, but um, so I went through high school, uh, had had a very successful career. Uh, DeKalb High School uh, is class 4A, which is uh, kind of the second largest uh, division in the state. Um, I, I had a, a unique opportunity to, to uh, uh, get recruited at the Division One level. And uh, but you know, some of the story goes during the football season, I got a chance to go to Ohio State games and Indiana and Purdue and Northwestern. So I got recruited by some of the Big Ten schools and some of the, uh, the smaller schools in the MAC level. But when it came time to doing visits, and at that time, uh, you, you didn't make a commitment until usually right after your senior your season. Now guys are, what, committing after their freshman and sophomore years in, in football. So it's a totally different arena now as it relates to when I came out. But um, when it came to recruiting time, uh, all the big schools uh, stopped recruiting me. I didn't get any official visits to uh, the schools. I, I was brokenhearted. I really wanted to go to play football at Indiana University. It was my my school that I really wanted to go to Purdue was a, a number two for me and uh, uh, to not get recruited and it came down to my size again, kind of what I chatted with a little bit earlier um, as an offensive lineman at the big 10 level, they want kids and, and, and uh, O-linemen to come out about six, four, six, five, mm-hmm. three pounds. And I just, I didn't have the height. I came out about six, one and a half as one of the top uh, linemen in the state. But again, size wise, I was, um, uh, I was lacking on, on height. But the strength, I had the speed, and so that's when some of the the, the uh, MAC teams came in to play. Ball State recruited me, uh, University of Toledo recruited me, but I, I came to Bowling Green on a late January day in 1991 and fell in love with the the, uh, the campus and fell in love with the program. A brand new coach by the game of Gary Blackney uh, had just gotten hired about a month before. Gary was the defensive coordinator at Ohio State for six or seven years prior, and. Uh, Coach Blackney gave me a shot. Uh, again, it's at, at a um, Division One, six one, two hundred eighty five pound kid coming out of Indiana, and Indi- as we all know, Indiana is not known for its prowess in football. It's a little more known in the, the basketball world, mm-hmm. but we play <laughs> decent football in Indiana. Um, but it's uh, Coach Blackney gave me the shot, and I, I um, I'm forever grateful. And um, came in, it was registered that first year, 1991. The team went 11 and one that year. The year before, really the same team, they, had, they went 3-5-2. and two. So Coach Blackney and his staff came in and just changed the culture, changed the environment, showed the, the, the guys that were on this team the year before and the, obviously the incoming freshmen, uh, here's how you work and here's how you prepare and here's how you go about your business being a Division One football player. And, and uh, we went 11-1 that year. Next year, uh, I had the, the, the unbelievable opportunity to start at, at a guard, 
um, uh, going in our first couple games, and um, uh, we had a tremendous season that year. Um, as I moved over to center, as I chatted at the beginning, at where the good-looking guys play. Um, I moved to center because <laughs> I played center um, most of that year due to our senior center guy named Steve Bosco, uh, who's still a dear friend, uh, blew his knee out. We're playing at Wisconsin. Uh, the week before, we were at, at uh, this place uh, in Columbus called, let me think, I can't remember the name of it, The Ohio State <laughs> University, uh, on September 12th, 92. Uh, but the next week against Wisconsin, Steve blew his knee out, and uh, Coach Seeliger, Scott Seeliger, who was my position coach, pointed at me. He's like, I've been in the right guard. He's like, you're at center. I had never snapped a ball in my entire life <laughs> until that next series. I'm like, Coach, I, I, that, I, Bob Johnson's our backup. He's like, you're at center. It worked out pretty well. Begin because of my 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 size, being six one, strong, quick. Being center is probably the best position for me to move to, and uh, we ended up uh, just having a tremendous season. Just lost the game before against Ohio State, lost that game to Wisconsin, but the rest of the games we won. Won the MAC championship, went out and won the, the inaugural Vegas Bowl, and um, I was very blessed again to, to just have some people believe in me as it relates to uh, uh, being a player that can be counted on. And um, uh, and, and I, I worked my butt off to, to have that opportunity. And, and uh, started all four years of my college career, my senior year. Unfortunately, I tore my uh, medial, my left medial collateral ligament in my left knee uh, halfway through the season and ended my career. Um, but the, the one uh, silver lining is that was our homecoming week. And uh, this guy right here was the 1995 homecoming king. You probably didn't know that, Jason, <laughs> didn't you? you well, know, hey, this is it, awesome. You, you'll find out <laughs> we got like, royalty. No, no kidding. Royalty. I, get, I get to do this uh, every homecoming. The, 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 the nice proper, <laughs> proper wave. I love that. That's amazing. So, hey, several episodes several episodes ago, we had, we had a, a, a JUCO Hall of Famer. And now we got a homecoming king. Yeah, well, I'm definitely not a Hall of Famer. <laughs> Royalty's <laughs> I, I, not I bad, to, though. <laughs> I, I do, I do claim my, my my own personal claim to fame as the best holder in the MAC for four years running. You know, and not a holder of snaps as a holder snapped the ball and you just hold on for dear life, right? <laughs> <laughs> the, the one fun thing, and, I, and I'll let you guys kind of chime back in. You, know, we as I mentioned, we played Ohio State in September of 1992. And as I as I shared, Coach Blackney had coached for Ohio State for six or seven years prior. He really wanted to beat, as we all did, Ohio State. And we prepared, like, I'll get it out that whole week. But uh, Ohio State had Kirk Herbstreet was the starting um, uh, quarterback. Um, Robert Smith was running back. They had uh, a guy named Steve Tovar, who was middle linebacker, All-American, played for about seven or eight years in the pros. I got, had the lug, luxury of blocking the guy by the name of Dan Big Daddy Wilkinson. Big Daddy mm. was the number one pick a couple years later by the um, uh, uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. And um, I still have nightmares about blocking Big Daddy. And uh, but, you know, again, <laughs> it was it was a, it was an event that I'll remember and, and that whole that that whole week leading up in that game. I mean, it's those memories of a lifetime. Even though. We lost to Ohio State, but it was seventeen to six. We had our, our chances to really put ourselves in a position to to um, compete against them, and and uh, that's all you can ask for. And it was um, it was a lot of fun. I, it's a lot of fun to talk about uh, playing against teams like Ohio State and, and Wisconsin, Virginia Tech, NC State, Navy, um, you know, and, and we had some success against many, many of these programs. You know, that's uh, one thing I want to 
key in on what stood out to me and that, that's amazing i mean to have those experiences it's lifelong you never forget obviously your memory is so vivid with knowing the exact date um you know of, yeah, of, of coach p things. i can't remember i had for lunch yesterday but i remember <laughs> specific plays and series back in you know 20 30 years ago it's a football uh, you're a football guy that's you're football crazy yeah. so uh um one thing i know it, you know you get you've never snapped a ball in your life you get thrown in the middle of the game on this yep. show we talk a lot about the mental side of things of life and of sports and how we attack those issues and how you know being ready for the opportunity you know if, if uh, opportunity presents yourself it's too late to prepare so you're out there you've never snapped a ball in your life I, and it almost sounds like a press conference crush question but what was going through your head in that yeah. moment and how did you you know how were you able to kind of compartmentalize sure. certain things and, and go out there and succeed and end up finding out this is what works for me in all that craziness it's a great question because uh, I had a chance at least to get a couple practice snaps in on the sidelines <laughs> yeah, with uh, sure. with Eric White, who was our All Mac quarterback, and and the year before he was All Mac Player of the Year for the Mac his junior when we won the the, um, the Raisin Bowl and the Mac Championship. Uh, so this year Eric was also have was went on to have an All Mac season was Player of the Year again. Uh, so my my focus was number one, don't break the quarterback's fingers on your snap. Uh, two, make sure you're, you're, you're calling the right defense. Cause obviously uh, as an offensive one back then, and now it's more what zone blocking back then it's, it was man blocking. So based on the, the, uh, the play that's called the way the defense is lined up, the nose tackle and three, the middle linebacker, I mean, your, your blocking schemes and the center's got to call those blocking schemes. Mm -hmm. For me, that was perfect because I, I believe I also was a thinking man when it came to football and that, that helped me. Uh, as related to my overall uh, playing ability, along with being quick and being strong, um, but moving to center, being being my size, I, allowed me to say if, to my guard, "Hey, if I need a little help, I'd, I'd call you know, Brown, Brown, Brown." But but back to that specific series going in, I just focused on all right. My job is number one: read the defense, two, snap the ball, three, yeah, block the nose tackle. You, you can't give can't give Eric White a look. Eric White, our quarterback, a lookout block. Coach Chaddick, you know what a lookout block is, right? Kids look out, the, he's about to run you over. You snap the ball and the nose tackle goes beside you. Say, look out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah look out. He's yeah, about he's, to run you over. The quarterback does not like lookout block. So, uh, and after about the first play, I got to be honest with you, it just, you're playing football. And, and it, it became natural. It really did. And it's because of, enough for me, I didn't have the luxury of, of uh, of, of, of practicing snaps and 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 in the practice situation of snapping the ball and running play, but you just got to trust your technique and trust your abilities because you're a Division One student athlete, and um, and you, you you trust your teammates. You got the guards beside you. If I need a little help, I would call uh, some type of blocking technique that allowed me to to get a little help if I knew that I was going to have trouble with the nose tackle or moving up on the ISO block up to uh, uh, up to the, the middle linebacker or the the weak side linebacker depending on the play. And the center is, you know, it's it's besides the quarterback, it's it's, you know, the center's got to know. I mean, the quarterback has to know everything, and it, the center has to know everything too. And so you really do have to be a thinker out there as the center. And that's it's perfect that you kind of found yourself in that role, even though you've never really yeah, done it before. Well. It, fit, it fit perfect, so that's great. You know, we've had a lot of we've had a lot of coaches on the show, and they've, you know, we have a lot of D one athletes and college athletes that have come on, and and it's 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 become pretty consistent that that has led to a lot of successes in their future lives is the experiences sure. in in college football or uh college athletics so uh 
I'd like you to take us through a little bit the rigors of being a D1 football player and kind of the recruiting process, if you will, and maybe even the daily life, success, failure, classwork. Um, I, you know, in Ohio, it gets cold. You know, those days where it's, yeah, it's freezing cold. cold. You don't want to go to class or practice or this, that, and the other. Um, you know, kind of talk us through that process and kind of how, you know, your experience through being a, specifically a D1 football player. Yeah, I'll give as best I can. Again, it's, it's been twenty uh, about twenty five years since I was a D one player. But I've the last eight or nine or ten, last eleven years, uh, I've been around uh, BJSU and, and these college football players. So, and I've got to know a lot of these guys. And, and obviously, when they uh, graduate and get done with their playing career, they would move into our alumni efforts and, and our alumni world, and we welcome them with open arms. And so I get, but I get to know these guys, and, and I would see that their processes are a whole heck of a lot different than kind of what we what I went through back in the day. But um, you know, the the recruiting piece, uh, I'm amazed at uh, obviously kind of where technology has, has taken recruiting. Uh, now, because um, back when I was coming out, it, it, we had you had, had to, to to get my film out. I had to uh, have two VCRs, and and the young kids uh, listening to your podcast are not going to know what a VCR is. <laughs> What's it's a VCR? A, a little, it's a little. Well, VCR, VCR tape. Obviously, you guys know VCR tapes are. But you, I would have to splice and 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 put VCR film, game film that's on these tapes and, you know, hit record on the other VCR tape and, and try to splice as best I can uh, a, a tape and you would, and then you would dub that tape and send it all to the different recruiting coaches. Now all it is, you have HD video that's already loaded up for you and on huddle and, and all the other recruiting service sites. So I, I think it's awesome because that's opened the door for a lot more young men and young women. Cause you've got, uh, these recruiting sites that um, uh, handle recruiting for all the different sports, but for football specifically, uh, I think it's opened the door for a lot of kids to really get exposed to um, the coaches that normally might wouldn't be able to see a kid. That it's uh, a coach here in Ohio wants to see a kid in Florida. Well, he's got huddle tape or he's got video he's able to see really easily. Uh, so that was a, a, a big thing for me is really trying obviously to get in front of these coaches and, and you did it by going to camps you, you, I went to, I know uh, my junior with the uh, Indiana University football camp, but re- really got me exposed was my, going into my senior year. I went to the University of Michigan football camp. You had 1,500 kids at this camp, hmm. but you had obviously University of Michigan to run in it. Um, and, uh, you, but you also had all the, the MAC schools had coaches that were represented there and a lot of the Division One AA, some Division Two because you had so many kids, obviously. You have University of Michigan needed help, so that's where I got in front. Of, I think initially Bowling Green State University because our now offensive coordinator, a guy named Terry Malone, um, uh, was a coach on the old coaching staff and was retained when Coach Blackney came on. And um, uh, he, I, I got in, in in front of BJSU, which was great because of the University of Michigan camp. And now Terry Malone. After that, went to the University of Michigan. Coach Scott Leffler, here's where it always comes full circle, not one of the other things I want to tie into football. Everything comes full circle as it relates to football because Terry Malone left BG, went up to Michigan, and coached a guy named Tommy Brady, um, who's doing all right in the NFL, uh, and Scott Leffler. Scott Leffler was a player, but when he graduated, became a, a, a coach instantly and became the quarterback's coach for the University of Michigan, or a GA the first year, and coached Tom Brady. And 
So you look 20, 25 years later, Scott Leffler gets the head coaching job at BGSU. He brings back and hires the guy that kind of brought him on, brought him up in Terry Malone. So you never know when that connections that you have 20, 25 years down the road that you're making now are going to come into play. But um, but recruiting wise, um, I want to make sure I stay on track here. Um, you know, the recruiting in, uh, um, I think at, at the college level, uh, I, I always wonder how these coaches now are are trying to evaluate kids because they have a ton of kids, right, to to take a look at. And I'm amazed because I have I'll have coaches and, and people I know send me huddle videos or huddle links. Hey, get this in front of the coach, please. And I look at I see every kid that's out there. They're pretty dang, darn good football players. And I so I have trouble trying to decipher and determine. Who's Division One? Who's Division Two? Who's you know not able to play? But these coaches, that's their job. So it's it's a pretty amazing process. Get me back on track. Yeah, get me back on track here. I know I kind of got off on the tangent there. Oh no, coach, that was enjoyable. I got to ask you to quit cussing on this thing though. <laughs> this, this podcast, we can't have this bad word you keep saying. It, it's that it's that state up north. Yeah, the university. Well, I, I also have word in University of Toledo. Usually, I call it you know that's T son the, the school up north. But yeah, <laughs> no, I just I had to have some good fun with you on that one. Well, and, here's and, the, here's again the, the other connection with, with the, the, the the team up or the school up north of Michigan. So a guy named Jack Harbaugh. So Coach Jack. Mm-hmm. Played football at BGSU. 1950 was on the 1959 national championship team. He and his wife Jackie, who was a cheerleader for BGSU, when Coach Jack um, graduated, he became a GA and he coached at BGSU for three or four or five years, and became the head coach of Perrysburg High School. And then obviously went on to have some great uh, a great career at the at the college and coached at the pro level. Well, his sons, as we know, are Jim and John Harbaugh. He's got a mm-hmm. daughter named Joni who's married to Tom Crean, who's the head basketball coach at University of Georgia. He used to be at IU. But uh, without Jack Harbaugh, you don't have, you know, in, in his BG connection, you don't have Baltimore Ravens head coach. You don't have University of Michigan head coach in, in the Harbaugh. So um, Beach issue guys, I've come to find out, and I'm biased, but it has this, it's, it's, um, it's feathers everywhere across the nation. College football. We've got have so many just great coaches and players come through that have, have really impacted all a lot of college and, and professional football over the years. And I'm proud to be a part of that. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, truth truth be told to our listeners here, so Cal and I did not know each other previous. We got connected via Twitter. I'd followed him on Twitter for a couple years and followed, you know, his his work and a lot of things he would post and his involvement with, you know, sports at uh, Bowling Green State University. I too am a Bowling Green grad. Mm-hmm. Uh, met my wife there as well, so Bowling Green's been a huge part of uh, my background. And you're what, you're what they you call know, Falcon Flames. You're you're Falcon Flames. <laughs> yes, awesome. yes. We you know uh, what, Coach B. That's great. <laughs> We, we've this never talked about that. <laughs> no, I've never had it. It's fantastic. Falcon Flames. That's that's great. Every year, every year, Jason gets a card from BGSU. I'm married to a BGSU alumna as well. He gets a little uh, card around uh, Valentine's Day, a Falcon Flames card, and because and, he's uh, – it's an honored tradition when, when a couple of Falcons get married. It's it's a pretty cool thing. That is, it's awesome. like thirty four or thirty five thousand alumni are are married. I mean, That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Well, and, and I'll tell you, it, you know, very very openly here is 
you know, I went through some of the biggest adversity of my young life before I transferred to Bowling Green. And it was, it was a huge time in my life. You know, I was a young guy, yeah. huge time in my life. And when I went through that adversity, man, I went to Bowling Green and I just wanted to get away from everything and enjoy college and had zero intention of, you know, I wasn't even interested in trying to find a girlfriend or anything like that. And then I'll tell you what, man, you know, and not to go religious on you guys, man, but God's always got a different plan. I was there for a couple weeks and all of a sudden my wife and I, you know, we, we just started talking in, in class. We were in this dorm together for a minute. And next thing you know, it was just the rest of our life bombs away. And, uh, you don't know it at that time. And, you know, sometimes you get, they, they say, you know, you find your bi- biggest successes after your biggest adversities. And, you know, for me, that was the case. And I was able to find my wife and, you know, we've had a wonderful life together. And, 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 and coach, I want to ask you now, you know, we all face adversities in life. And, you know, what I'm, what I'm curious on, what, you know, whenever it was in life uh, up to this point in your life, what is one of the biggest adversities that you've ever faced up to this point? And also, if you could highlight how sports and that platform helped equip you with yep. lessons that drove you through it. It's a great question, Jason. The, um, so I'll, I'll, I'll set it up where in 1998, I just finished grad school and I was working at, a got my master's at Ohio University in a sports ad program. And I had my first job over in Illinois uh, for about 10 months, hated it. I moved back to Northwest Ohio in 1998. And I started a mortgage company with a teammate of mine, a guy named Greg Sepak, who was a co-captain, a tri-captain with me back in 1995. So Greg lived here in Northwest Ohio. I moved back to Northwest Ohio and we started a mortgage company at the ripe old age of 25 years old. We didn't know squad about mortgages, right? But we had a couple guys that believed in us that were in that industry and they wanted to, they wanted a couple of young guys to kind of come in and be a part of their their vision of starting a company. Did that for ten years, and I was really good at it. Greg was and Greg Sepak, my business partner. We were we grew our mortgage company to be the top mortgage brokerage company in Northwest Ohio. Hmm. That's how I met my wife. I met her in two thousand. I actually helped Jennifer, uh, my my Jennifer, the former Jennifer Reeker, buy a house. <laughs> um, I did her mortgage. <laughs> about that? Oh um, wow! So. So 1998 to 2008 is 10 years. Again, we, we were the top guy, top company in town. I'm, I'm not saying that to impress you. I'm saying to press upon you that we were good at what we did. We, li- we liked helping people. And we had a, a company that uh, had a lot of good loan officers and, and support folks that just were, they, they enjoyed helping people and taking care of people. And, and um, 2008 hits. And as you guys may recall, in 2008, it's when the recession hit mm-hmm. in, in America. And so being an owner of a company that also, you know, you, you got a lot of people that worked at this, at our company that we were on some type of a salary and, and we had to pay them. So, um, we took a pretty big hit and in 2008, um, we had a, a, a couple folks that we had partnerships with that took advantage of Greg and I financially that were, uh, taking some money um, uh, out of a, a partnership that we were, we had a site partnership. We were building some houses, spec houses, and uh, it rocked us financially. And that along with the, the recession and it just, um, 
you know, it, it, it was not good. And, you know, I remember coming home a couple of different times and tell my wife, I can't pay her. I, I can't give my, ourself, you know, our, our, our regular income, our paycheck here this week mm-hmm. because, you know, all this stuff is going on. Um, so that was huge. And I, ha- I had to try to figure out how am I going to take care of my family? Because at that time, uh, I had two young kids, uh, a daughter was born in 2003 and a son that was born in 2006. And um, knowing that, you know, I'm the breadwinner for this family because my wife, Jennifer, is a stay-at-home mom, um, I had to figure something out. And that's when, again, I, I felt like I'd hit rock bottom because of where we were, where I was financially. And a company called Learfield Sports stepped in and saved my life. And Learfield um, is now called Learfield IMG. And they're the, the multimedia rights partner for about 220, 230 plus schools now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Learfield had partnered with BG back in 2006 as it relates to they would come in and, and oversee all the corporate sponsorship sales. I was doing radio for Bowling Green. So I, I that's kind of the, the, the fun piece for me. I in 2006, 2007, 2008, I was doing as the color commentator for BGSU football games, along with a guy named Todd Walker. I know we kind of talked with about Todd before. Todd has, has been the, the radio voice of the Falcons for close to 20 years. John Gibson, who was a, the, the, a, a former Falcon, played a couple years after I did, was the color commentator, had left in 2006 to go down to, for a job down in, um, in Columbus, uh, Georgia, or, or um, um, Athens, Georgia area. I stepped in, became the color commentator. And this is where, Jason, you can't talk about God's got a plan. Uh, God had a plan for me to step in and, and do this radio thing for a couple of years because it allowed my foot in the door when this Learfield position came open to become the general manager of Falcon Sports Properties in October of, 2000 and, uh, of 2008. This was my chance to do a career change and, and provide for my family. And I jumped at it. And I was very, very fortunate to, um, uh, to ha- have some folks believe in me, the athletic director of BGSU at the time, Greg Christopher. And, um, you know, and that was, I, I, that was saved my life, saved my, probably my marriage, saved my career, and saved my family. And I'm forever grateful. Being a former student athlete, here's kind of where that steps in. Just, tr- again, trusting yourself, trusting your abilities, trusting all the stuff you've kind of uh, prepared for as relates to. Um, you know, your, uh, your skill set, being able to work with people, being able to communicate with people, um, being able to, to move on the fly, all that stuff as a student athlete parlayed itself into uh, my career. And I'm, and I'm, I'm proud of that. And uh, the um, being able to, be, to just persevere because you are going to get knocked down as an offensive lineman. Coach P, what happens? You're going to get knocked down sometimes, right? You're going <laughs> to get <laughs> more not going to win every, every battle. <laughs> But guess what? That whistle blows. What happens? You got you got you got another play in twenty two seconds. So you got to get back up mm-hmm. and, uh, and proverbial uh, dust the, you know, dust yourself off, and you got to focus on the next play and and trust the people the guys next to you because you got a job to do. And and being a, a, a former football guy and, and a chance to play the high high level and um, and have people rely on me and and myself rely on others. Um, that allowed me to, to for this, this situation where, again, I was at rock bottom financially to, uh, to be ready for that next opportunity because it came and, and I jumped at it. And, and I believe I had a very good three years at, at this company at, at Falcon Sports Properties. And, but I would not have had that if I was not a former student athlete, if I was not prepared for adversity, 
and and uh, for being ready at the moment it needed to be, and being a, a former student athlete that allowed me to do that. Coach, I appreciate you sharing that story because I'm going to tell you right now that's deep and that's meaningful to me, and I know it means a lot to a lot of our listeners too. Because you know, we're as a society we're going through a tough time right now in many ways, and and people are facing a lot of adversity, and you know, the, something I want to throw out there, I think. I must, I must be following in your footsteps because I got a master's degree from Ohio university too. <laughs> and, and the other, the other really just almost scary identical part is um, my daughter was born uh, December of 08. And that was my second child. My son was born December of 06. And yes, gotcha. I, my kids have the same birthday, two years apart, um, <laughs> December 17th. And it was that makes June. it easy for to remember. God made it really easy for remember. Yeah, and make it even easier. My wife and I have the same birthday too. Oh man, I don't even have to think. <laughs> um, and you know, uh, January of '09, I got laid off from my job, and you know, laid off, lost benefits, everything. And and you know, I, I that night, my wife and I had a deep talk about it. Um, we you know, got, got a pizza, a couple adult beverages. And we hung out that night. Next day I woke up, worked out and just got to business and, and started trying to figure out how to turn it around. I'm inspired by your story because, you know, it, when we think about it in our head and we know we went through it, yeah, that's one thing. When you hear it from someone else and learn, learn how they went through it, mm-hmm. that's inspiring to me. And, and it's, it's a life lesson. I appreciate you sharing that with us because that's deep. That's meaningful it's something everyone needs to hear because there's people out there that are facing mental health issues right now because they're going through things like this and they don't know if they have someone to turn to and they don't know if there's, you know, they don't know what to do. They, they might not know what step one is, right? They might, they might not know how to gather themselves. And you hit the nail on the head when you're a student athlete, you live a different life. I, I, I would argue that with, with anybody, a student athlete lives a different life. Mental health by these student athletes uh, and just students in general, I, it just, it's amazing to me. And, and it's a, it's a crucial that um, I think coaches, administrators, at least when they deal with the student athletes stay on top of it because it's um, uh, if not, it's uh, it could be a huge, huge factor, I think, um, and a detriment to, to these kids moving forward, especially now in this, the, the world we live in as it relates to COVID and um, the, the kids quarantining and, and having to not have that social interaction. That's, that's important, right? As a, as just a, a young person, but let alone being a student athlete, that social interaction and growing and, and, and coming together as a team. And when you don't have that, that the mental health stuff can be significantly um, uh, adverse to, to think what co- these coaches and these programs are trying to do and have success. Yeah, you're so right about that. And it's, and it's a, a very big thing for us in, in, in the sports world and in the life arena as well. And it's you know so important for us to be there for one another and be able to have those interactions. Um, one of the things that, that I also wanted to, to go through with you is, and I find this really interesting because you know, it, it's not, you, you hear about it, it seems frequently, yet it's not a very frequent thing in, in some cases, is you spent, I believe, almost 11 years uh, working back at your alma mater again and getting a chance to go yes. through uh, some, some different experiences there, several different roles. And, you know, obviously, uh, 
you know, COVID and the COVID environment has really changed and impacted things and, and you're, on to, you're on to a new opportunity now. Uh, if you could walk us through, what did it mean to you to go back to our alma mater and have that opportunity to, you know, positively impact the lives of students and student athletes and alumni and, you know, and talk about the different roles that you had while you were there. Sure. You know, and I'll start with the roles. So back in 2008, I had the, the opportunity to, um, as I shared earlier, move into the role of the general manager for Falcon Sports Properties, which is the the, uh, the multimedia rights partnership that Learfield, now Learfield IMG, has with 200 plus schools. BGSU is, is one of those schools. And, <clears throat> excuse me, I got the chance to go out and sell BGSU Athletics as it relates to work with our corporate partners, signage and radio and television and web and, and print <clears throat> excuse me the um uh and that was cool as an honor but then in 2011 i had the uh, opportunity to move over to the university side and, and oversee the corporate and foundation partnerships for fundraising for development and working within the university advancement setting and to me that was pretty cool so i got the official work from bgsu and raise money for our students and for our programs and for our, our leaders and work with uh, an area that I felt very comfortable in, working with corporate partners. And, and, um, and I had a chance to also get uh, experience working with foundations, family foundations, corporate foundations, um, that their job is to give money to nonprofits. And so you, you, you try to find that fit as related to what BGSU had to provide or had to offer for the different programs and, and the kind of the, the focus that we had and along with these different foundations out there. So I, I oversaw the corporate foundation efforts for about three years. I had the opportunity to move over to oversee one of the college units on campus, College of Health and Human Services, which I thought was really cool because I got some, um, uh, some health, uh, kind of the health uh, industry um, background or health industry experience. And the College of Health and Human Services, Jason, if you recall, BJSU is kind of unique where it's got criminal justice, it's got nursing in it, it's got food and nutrition, it's got um, uh, just a lot of different programs that, that uh, uh, social services, the um, uh, audio, uh, the, there's a hearing clinic that the, the HHS, College HHS oversees. And to work with a brand new dean at that time and raise money for this, this college unit was pretty cool. And then I had the chance to move over to athletics. And I was just thrilled because here was my chance to move into an arena that 20 plus years prior to was, I was a student athlete coming out of high school that earned a scholarship. And I got a chance now to step into a role to provide um, scholarships to help uh, work with donors to help provide scholarships to, to young student athletes that are coming to Bowling Green State University, but also to try funding for the different programs to help coaches with some of their special projects and, and their needs is related to uh, financial, um, the financial support. And I, to me, it was just, it was cool because I knew the value of that because I was a recipient of that back in the early 1990s, 1991, when I uh, set foot on campus. And um, I got, so I got to work officially for BGSU uh, for eight years, three years with Learfield. So yes, 11 years. And, and unfortunately, um, uh, this past May, because of COVID and some budget constraints, I was um, uh, I, I was released from my 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 efforts with BGSU. But again, it's just a chapter I'm I'm proud of, and I'll I'll look back fondly on because I believe I did make a difference while there, and not just raising money. I was also 
helped uh, oversee a lot of our alumni efforts. One of the honors, and I think I'd share with you offline, uh, one of the honors I got to, I helped oversee a lot of their, our uh, planning efforts this past fall when BGSU football celebrated 100 years of college football. We had a guy, a gentleman from, and I'm drawing a blank on his name now, but it lives up in Kalamazoo area. He's 94 years old. He was on the 1939-1940 BGSU football team. Wow. And, uh, I wish I remember his name. He came, his grand, great-grandson brought him to the game, and he walked his little walk out in the field. And he's the oldest living alumni that we know that played football at BGSU. So all that stuff, I, I, along with the fundraising, along with being an MC at different events, along with working all the different uh, uh, hockey games, basketball games, football games, and, and represent BGSU, um, uh, just um, I'm honored for the time I, I, I get to be there. And you know, I'll, I'll use those, that skill set that I uh, and those relationships that I, I developed in my new role as a, as a, a, someone that gets work in, in a world where I get to help people with their financial foundation and, and work with a company called Modern Woodman of America. And I'm, I'm honored to, to, to now be in this role, but I'm, I'll forever be um, grateful for the opportunities I had at BGSU. That's awesome. I, I'm, I'm amazed by hearing all that and what, what a cool opportunity to go back to, to your college and, and to, yeah. to give back, to learn, to grow, and, you know, to make the connections and, and my goodness, to, to get connected with people from, from that far back in BG history. That's incredible. What, what you know, a neat it, thing. It was. And, and, I'll, and I'll share this quick story because I know we're wrapping up. Last year, Coach Leffler and our, our football coach, Scott Leffler, uh, just wrapped his first year up under his belt last year. Um, but one of his big things going into the season, he wanted to make sure his guys were fed proper, properly because he was pushing them to the limit on the field and in the weight room. So he had a, a, a goal of raising $100,000 to provide breakfast and lunch for these guys, these football student athletes, because initially they, they had no money, in essence, to, to, to have any meals. They would go to McDonald's. These guys would go to McDonald's and get a, a, a dollar burger, a dollar chicken sandwich and fries. They were not feeding their bodies properly the, mm. the, the right nutrition. And Coach Luff was like, we need to feed these guys because if we want to have a championship culture and championship team, we, we need to be strong in the weight room and on the field, but we need to feed them properly. So we raised $100,000 that summer going into the season. Wow. To allow these guys to have food. And I was, I, I enjoyed being a part of that success from our 1991 and 92 Mac championship teams. Uh, we had a, a, one of our, my former teammates step up and, and put a challenge out said, I will, this, this former player said, I'm going to give a $10,000 and I'm going to match $10,000 as long as my teammates in the 91 and 92 team commit that amount. And we ended up raising uh, with this, uh, with this uh, former teammate of mine's commitment to about 20, almost $30,000 of that hundred thousand dollars plus raise. And I'm just, I'm proud of that because I know the value of what that does for coaches and allow them to coach these young men, these young women. Um, Cause that's what they're hired to do is to, to elevate the program. And I, and I love being part of that. And I love coach Leffel. I love what he's doing with our program and, and the staff he's brought in and he's changing the culture. I saw it with Urban Meyer. Urban did that in 01 and 02. I saw it with Dave Clawson. Dave Clawson did that when he came in in 09. They changed the culture and the program benefit from it with MAC championships. And, and we're going to do that with Coach Leffler as well. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, you've touched base on so many 
amazing stories and people and experiences that you've had. I'm really curious to know, is there someone who was an inspirational leader in your life uh, during, at any point in your life, inspirational leader or, or coach that you've worked with or, or that coached you and, and what did you learn from them? What really stuck with you through all these years that you use today? That's a great, great question. And I, I, I know you guys gave me a heads up on, on this one earlier, Jason. And and I just, I thought hard, long, hard. I wrote down a couple different names, but I'm going to share a couple different names with you. Uh, From high school, I had two uh, coaches that were very instrumental in my, uh, in in my development because they believed in me. They pushed me. They saw something in me that I had the chance to play at, a, at the next level, which we didn't have a lot of kids coming out of, of my high school playing Division One football. Um, a guy named Dale Hummer, who was my high, head football coach up until my junior year, and then he became a, the principal of my high school and retired from coaching and, and handed the reins over to um, his assistant coach who became the head coach my senior year, a guy named Ron Cook. Um, coach Hummer, gosh, I think uh, Dale's in his probably his 80s now, and he's still – uh, still uh, chugging along pretty good over in Auburn. Coach Cook, unfortunately, uh, passed away a few years back um, because of uh, some cancer issues. But both these coaches are in Indiana High School Hall of Fame, and and they were instrumental in, in pushing me and allowing me to succeed. Um, and they just they believed in me, and they believed in the team, and that's what's it really pushed. Because w- without a strong team, without a strong foundation uh, of the team, you know, the individual will never have that success. And I just always appreciated that and uh, I still laugh this day about it coach Hummer um, you know if he saw you kind of loudly gagging around or not pushing yourself and he'd come over and he'd give you he's like hold your hand out and he'd, he'd hold your hand out and he'd give you a couple pennies and these pennies he called them mean pills he's like I'm going to give you some mean pills right now they make it you, you got to toughen up a little bit so <laughs> to this day I think of me, these, you know, I look a couple pennies. I'm like, so I'll, every now and then I'll send a penny in the mail to Coach Hummer. I'll text him a picture of a penny. I'm like, Coach, got some mean pills for you. We got to get better today. Uh, <laughs> the, the other guy that is, has been really instrumental and is a dear friend of this day is a guy named Ken Cavanaugh. Ken was the associate AD at Bowling Green State when I was a student athlete. Um, associate AD means he's kind of the number two individual in charge. He oversaw the football and basketball efforts and programming. And, and Ken got me involved with some leadership efforts on campus and at the national level. I was, um, I was uh, fortunate to become a, a member of the National Student Athlete Advisory Committee as a Division One football rep. And I got to travel to, uh, gosh, three or four years uh, worth of, of NCAA conventions. And, and I got to represent BGSU at the or uh, Division One football and BGSU at the uh, national headquarters, along with uh, AEDs and, and head basketball coaches, head football coaches, and um, to talk about things that were affecting college football. And uh, it just it was really cool. Without Ken Cavanaugh's pushing and urging and and support, uh, I never have gotten that. And Ken today is the, the AD now at Florida Gulf Coast University. He's been there seven or eight years, and um, and to see the success that. FGCU has had, especially the, the, the men's basketball program. They've got a tremendous baseball program. That's because of Ken Cavanaugh and, and, and his leadership for his coaches, but also his, the student athletes. And um, again, that this Ken, just he framed. Here's how a, here's how an administrator works. Here's how a leader works. Here's how you you know you you you, you um, show off or show yourself as a um, you know as a leader. 
and uh, with your peers and uh, within your community. And, and I'm forever grateful that. And, and again, Ken and I talk every couple of weeks. I just, I, I enjoy staying in contact with him and I've watched his kids grow up on social media and he's watching my kids grow up and it's pretty cool because it's turned into a great, great friendship. And, and I'm just forever grateful for, uh, for Ken's, um, you know, Ken's tutelage when I was a young student athlete at Bowling Green. That's awesome. And, you know, obviously, I always love hearing about another Bowling Green story. I'm obviously biased towards Bowling Green. Um, and I'm okay to say that. Uh, we, all, we all have our places we went. They're always going to be homes to us. And there's, there's a lot of lifelong lessons that we learned uh, from our university days. Uh, Cal, I can't thank you enough for joining us on the show. The stories you've shared, uh, the inspiration you've provided, the, the guidance through adversity is is so meaningful to us and what we do and we have student athletes that listen to this we have coaches that listen we have we have people out there in the business world that listen and you know what we talked about today is lessons for lifetime and i appreciate you opening up your heart to us and and sharing your story and uh, we're so grateful to have you on the third and 30 podcast and and having the off-air conversations as well as the on-air i'm learning each each step of the way with this so Thank you so much for joining us, and uh, we certainly wish you all the best as you continue to go down this new pathway that you have set forth, and uh, we'll look to maybe get you on the show again down the road. Jason, I love that, it's in, and I'd love to talk more about leadership stuff, because I, I, I'm a big fan of, uh, I listen a lot of podcasts, I listen to a guy named Tim Kite out of Columbus, who's a, a uh, a big leader. He does a podcast now with Urban Meyer and, and, this, uh, and I take frantic notes when I listen to these guys talk and they talk about culture. They talk about commitment and all that stuff. I'd love, I'd love to have some more discussion with you and coach P about that because to me that, that stuff is so valuable and, and important, especially in these the young men, young women's lives today. And I'm, I'm trying to do this with my kids. I, I've got a 17 year old, a 14 year old and 11 year old and, and to, to show, help show them the way. Uh, I, I would love that uh, yeah. with you and Coach B. So bye bye. I appreciate it. It's an honor. It's been an honor hanging out with you guys here for the last hour. Yeah, I definitely appreciate you. I got to throw out, since you brought up Tim Kite, I got to throw out the no BCD, no blaming, complaining, defending. Um, yeah. Yep. I, I just had yep. a huge talk about that at work about a week ago. Say, so, hey, guys, no BCD around here. here here's no how we operate. <laughs> My favorite one, he taught the culture. Yes. You know, and I, I mean, he's a big culture guy. And culture is not what you. Um, uh, culture is not what you proclaim, it's what you practice, what you promote, what you permit. Yeah, I love that because, you know, you have all these leaders that say, here's our culture, right? But, you know, they don't practice it. They're not promoting. They're not. And it's, and, and it's what they're, they're allow stuff to happen in their culture that should, should not. I just, uh, yeah, we, we could probably talk a couple hours on Tim Kite stuff, but um, I just, and, and what you're doing for the community, for the business leaders and for, for athletes and, and uh, old athletes like me, it just it's really cool what you and, and uh, Coach P are doing. So I appreciate you guys. Definitely. I appreciate you being here, Coach. And we'll, uh, we'll get connected with you again uh, as we go. Sounds great. Again, a big shout out and big thank you to Coach Cal Bowers for show, joining us on the show there. And um, just to, like I said in the, in the beginning of the show, before we even got started and we, before we even met Cal Bowers, is, is, how blown away that each guest has been and and sure enough it's just an amazing experience to be able to you know to talk to a guy like this to 
to have a conversation and and to really learn about his his background and kind of where he comes from and what he believes in and and uh, I thought that was a great conversation that we had with uh, Coach Bowers there and um, you know I, I I I'm really excited and I think it's important that we're bringing up this this importance of mental health and the idea of how to not of what the issue is but how to combat it and how important it is to see the issues and what we need to do to kind of you know bring it to attention and how we can battle those tough issues that we go through um, whether you're a kid or you're an adult or uh, in the middle of you know growing up it's 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 incredible and i just think it's super important to understand how mental health kind of affects us and coach Kyle Bowers really gets that and you know you tend to maybe run into some of these football coaches that are old school and that kind of throw mental health to the side and they're like just be tough and figure it out and i think the good coaches um are ones that are able to adapt and understand how important um, it really is, and that it's not just a, a, a fake thing, a fugazi going on. It's it's something that actually matters and it is affecting our youth and it's affecting the way things operate. And um, I, I, I commend him for kind of, um, you know, understanding how, how big that is because, you know, I've run into coaches before that don't really believe that it's that important and we need to focus on other things to kind of um, not even allow mental health to become an issue. And I'm like, you know what? Sometimes it's an issue whether you like it or not. And um, it's important to, to, you know, come clean and kind of just work through. The more you avoid it, the worse it's going to get. And so, um, and you could tell by the story he told and, you know, the adversity he went through um, and how his company was, you know, during the recession, pretty much was got shut down and lost a lot of money, and 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 got kind of. Um, I'm trying to find the right word for it, but he just kind of got, you know, duped a little bit by you know other people and kind of put him in a bad situation. But the perseverance and the drive and the rigor to get through that really, uh, you know, was able to help him bounce back and get back to where he needed to be. And I think. Um, you know him him expressing and i really appreciate him expressing that adversity because that adversity caused him to kind of dig deep into what's his, his mental health and his mental strength and how he's going to combat this situation and very easily in a time like that when everyone else has fallen over he could have fell over too but uh he stood up and made sure hey no i'm going to i'm going to find a way to to bounce back from this and um coach Chaddock, i want you to you know i know adversity was a big part of what you what you took out of it, and I want you to, you know, kind of speak your thoughts on, um, you know, the conversation with Coach Coach Cal Bowers and what what um, what stood out to you um, in terms of the conversation we had. There, there are several things that that stood out, and I want to touch base on the immediate topic that you had referenced. And the reason I want to touch base on that is he he talks about this adversity he faced and. and Obviously, there's a mental health aspect to it. And you're talking the, the mid to late 2000s when, when our economy went through a huge recession. And he's, he's in a financial-oriented business. And he gets the opportunity uh, you know, to build this thing up over years. And he's doing well and supporting a family. Now, when you look at this, you also have to take into consideration uh, the drive. 
I love how you touch base on the drive because there's a reason we came up with this. There's a reason drive meant so much to us. If, if Cal doesn't have the drive and if he doesn't have that mental, mental strength, yes. Also the ability to sit down and say, Hey, I need, I need some help. How do we figure this out? If he doesn't have that, then where on earth does he end up and where does his family end up? He's got the drive, so he's determined beyond belief, and he knows what excellence looks like because he's lived it. And now that's his roadmap. Determination and his excellence, that's his roadmap for how he attains that victory. And we already know from that athletic standpoint, he's going to be inspired and he's going to have the rigor to get through this. So you look at a sports platform coach, and that's what sets us up for this lifelong success. I'm so thrilled with the story that he told us because that's deep it's meaningful it's important and i want us all to learn that together and i want us all i want us all to take into consideration the fact that this is going to happen at some point in your life maybe it's maybe it's not to this extreme i know i know cal and i were both in situations where it was it was jobs and it was money and it was supporting a family others might have this adversity in different ways it's going to happen the adversity is going to hit you at some point. Um, a lot of us are growing up in this COVID environment. A lot of young adults growing up in the COVID environment. You're gonna you're gonna get something worse than this later in life. I, I, I'll tell you that right now. Um, worse than being quarantined in your house. Um, it, it, there's going to be other things that you experience, and it's important to learn how to navigate through these now. And when he goes through, what I really want to talk about is this transition. He starts to make a transition from the financial world. He's doing some announcing um, with with uh, Bowling Green Sports, and then he he kind of transitions this into a relationship uh, with the college again, and getting ultimately getting a position with the college. This happens based off of relationships, and I want to express the importance of developing relationships. And don't. Don't be out there in society right now developing a relationship just to see what can I get out of this relationship. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Because that's that's the way our world works. We see social media. Hey, yeah, uh, hey, I want I want this or I want that. Let me go make friends with this person real quick. That's not a relationship. You're not making a relationship. You you have a need and you're trying to get that need fulfilled. Oh, I want to get I want to get a, a you know this job or that job or I want to get connected here or there. And, and you go make these, these uh, false connections, so to speak. Go make true relationships. That is one of the things I really took uh, from Cal and, and his explanations of things all the way back from his uh, high school days when he was talking about these people who have been key leaders that he's still in touch with. I'm jealous, to be quite frank. I'm jealous of, of, of Coach Bowers <laughs> because he's got these relationships where he can highlight things from high school and people he's still connected with. His, um, people that he still uh, has a great foundational relationship with from Bowling Green State University, people that he's met along the way that he stayed connected with. I'm jealous. I don't have a lot of those connections. Um, and, and by connections, I'm talking these true relationships where you've known people for decades. He's got these. Kudos to him for being that person who can maintain relationships over these years because relationships are so important for what we do in society today. And you, you never know when, when someone's going to need your help or when you might need someone else's help. And that's when a true relationship comes to fruition is how do we help one another? How are we there for one another? How do we develop a meaningful relationship? 
And that's a huge part of also this mental health aspect we go through. When, when we hit adversity in our life, who's going to be there for us? Who are the people that we've made relationships with? Meaningful relationships, not just connection for a moment in time for where we were. How do we make these relationships that are going to be long lasting? And we help one another as we grow. We learn from one another as we grow. And that was really what was on my mind uh, during the course of of, of this uh, interview with, with Cal. And I, I just, what an amazing guest to have on the show. A great, great whirlwind of experience. And, and the leadership that he's highlighted, um, seeing the culture change at Bowling Green multiple times and seeing seeing the relationships that he's maintained, the uh, alumni that he's been in communication with and hear, hearing the stories. I mean, he has just, just brought so much to the table for us. And I really want all of our listeners to take out today relationships. Take relationships, take that home with you, marinate in it for a little while. And then I want you to come back to the table and think about how can you build better relationships? Because I, I, I will say this, I'm not good at it. For some reason, I'll build relationships and I'll have people I'm very connected to. And then sometimes that distance has played into it in my lifetime and I've kind of lost that contact with people I had relationships with. And, you know, that's one of the things that he's inspired me to go out there and, and try to maintain these relationships that I've developed over the years. And how do I become a better leader? How do I become better connected? How do I give back to these relationships? Not with an expectation of getting something from them. How do I give back to those relationships? How am I there for others? That's what, that's what I'm really narrowing in on right now. And that's, that's something that's important to me that I'm taking out of this that I'm going to take home with me today. And I'm going to, I'm going to definitely dive into that and figure out how do I get better at this part? So, so coach Bowers, thank you for that inspiration because you've inspired me to go out there and really formulate these relationships, solidify them, and maybe even get reconnected with some people I've lost contact with coach P that was a lot. And that's what's on my mind today from this interview. <laughs> that's what I like. I mean, that it shows how much our guests mean to us specifically. And I, and I hope it really means a lot to our listeners too, because we really get a lot of these conversations, it's not just a, just a, you know, conversation to be had so we can give it to you. I think we always tell you how much we learn from it. And, and one thing coach, I love that you mentioned relationships because a lot of people wonder how do we maintain them? How do we sustain them? And to me, it comes back to you, the individual, and what you're looking for. Um, you know, are you looking just to succeed in your life? Are you looking to just succeed in your career? Are you looking to have a strong family? Are you looking to have lots of connections and relationships? Because depending on that, it, it, it depends on you individually. And 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 I want to quote. Um, and a lot of you know Hollywood star Matthew McConaughey, and he and he won an Oscar. And during his one of his speeches, I probably watched this speech maybe two, three times a week because uh, it definitely kind of resonates with understanding kind of where things start. And when it comes to relationships, the reason I say it starts with the individual because Matthew McConaughey in his speech says something where he ta- where he's thanking people in his life, including his dad and his mom and his and his wife and his kids and. He says, he's talking about his mom, and he says, uh, you know, my mom demanded that we respect ourselves, and in return, we were well better able to respect others. And I think that is so important that he said that, because a lot of times we think in a, in a, in a relationship or we're meeting new people, we tend to forget about 
who we are. And because we like this other person, uh, friend, colleague, um, significant other, we get maybe caught up in what they're about. And then we start realizing halfway through more about ourselves. And then you kind of get caught in this predicament if it doesn't necessarily match up with the person that you're building a relationship with. It starts with you. You need to figure out who you are and what and what you what makes you drive, what makes you tick. And a lot of us kind of sho- shove that to the side and are afraid to look in the mirror for a second, reflect. And I'm not saying it needs to be a public reflection, that you need to go out and tell everyone that you meet, this is who I am, this is what I've gone through, this is what I believe in. I'm just saying with yourself, self-reflection is exactly that. You do it with yourself and you figure out who I am and what I represent and how can I better respect who I am because Literally, in return, I will then be better to respect other people. And um, I, I think it really sticks to me when I, t- when I hear about relationships because I'm like, you know, we, we don't want to just dive into relationships blind, blindly. Um, you want to make sure you're in the right environment and you're able to, you know, understand what, you know, what, what's this relationship going to be about? You know, am I just in this relationship? Is this a relationship where we're just kind of giving each other things to succeed? Or is this a relationship where we are making each other better people and we're side by side and we're pushing each other and we motivate each other? What kind of relationship do you want? Well, you need to figure out who you are, number one. Um, And that's that's kind of where I see that. And if you haven't, Watch Matthew McConaughey's Oscar speech. It's a really good one. It's four minutes long, and he just kind of hits the nail on the coffin on a lot of different points. And and uh, I just think it's uh, I mean it, it, it's it's important because he talks a lot about family and success, and um, it's a good one. I, I definitely let's do it three four times a week, and that's you know after you talk about relationships and our conversation with Cal Bowers, I just always go back to. You know, don't jump ahead until you know what you know what yourself is about. Um, it all starts with self, and then you can move forward and and then build your strength. Because that's what with what happened with me is I lost a lot of friends because I didn't know where the heck I was in life. And as I started to develop my confidence and and my identity and who I was and what I want to do, well, all of a sudden I have this amazing support group, an amazing circle of people and relationships that I wouldn't have been able to find if I wasn't able to figure out what the heck I wanted and what I'm about. So um, it's, it's, it's definitely huge. And I can tell you from experience how important it really is. So, um, you know, relationship starts with you. That's, that's the way I see it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, let's, let's hook our listeners up. We'll, we'll post Matthew McConaughey's speech to our social media platforms. Yeah. We'll just help them out. Yeah. We'll help you guys out because it's, it's meaningful. It's important. And right now, I firmly believe our society needs more relationships. Our society, uh, our society needs needs to love and care about people more. Mm-hmm. We need to get rid of all the BS back and forth. Yes, uh, one person one person's opinion is more important than the other person's opinion, and we need to get back to just loving and caring for people. And how do we build a good relationship together where it's not take take take? It's a we're mutually in a relationship together because we care about one another. We want to support one another and we're here to make each other better. And it's 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 simple as that. Now I'll leave I'll leave I'll leave you with this. The last thing he says in his speech or one of the things that is another one. I'll leave everyone with this 
is it's a scientific fact that gratitude reciprocates. So let that sink in. It's a it's scientific fact that gratitude reciprocates. And I'm like, you know what, Matthew McConaughey, I thought you were just an actor. So <laughs> it was pretty <laughs> awesome. But um, another great show in the books and another good edition of Third and 30 Podcast. And thank you, Coach Cal Bowers, for joining us on the show. Um, a real honor to have you on and have that have a conversation with you. Um, picking your brain a little bit, talk about your background and kind of what makes you tick. So um, can't wait for the next conversations to be had with Coach Cal Bowers and the future conversations to be had with the next few slated, slated guests that we have, which is an extremely exciting group. Um, you know, we, we're, we're in, in, a, in a place in, in the podcast where we're really able to, to build really strong relationships and um, I think it starts with where we're, what we've been able to do with the show and people um, people have liked it. And I think uh, our guests have enjoyed um, coming on and, and uh, talking about leadership, motivation and and relationships and, and drive and anything, everything uh, else involved. So um, thank you to all the guests that have, have been on the show. And man, we can't wait for the for the rest of uh for the rest of the shows that we're going to have with the guests that we have in, in store. I mean, I got to shout out coach Chaddock because he's the one out here grinding, getting all these, getting all these guests on the show. I mean, I, I've been a, I've been a busy guy lately, kind of just running around with my head chopped off and coach Chaddock's over here, just lining up guests left and right. And it's, uh, it's awesome. Can't wait for what we got in store. Coach, you know, it's a team effort, man. It takes, <laughs> it takes two to make this thing work. And I, I want to give a, give a shout out to, to all of our listeners, I, I still continue to get encouragement every week from people, uh, whether people are reaching out through social media or text message or what have you. I, I love it. Thank you. Uh, it means a lot to us to get the positive feedback. And if whether you're a listener or and, and you own a business or you're involved in a business that might want to be a sponsor or you're uh, a listener who knows of someone who may be interested in the podcast and who may be interested in sponsorship, let us know. We're, we're starting to dive down the sponsorship avenue. And that sponsorship is literally just to help us not, not just keep the show going, but help us expand it to our listeners mm -hmm. and help us, do, help us do more stuff. So if you're interested in sponsorship, want to get your name out there, you know, I tell you, we, we try to hit up Zoom. Zoom, we're here. We, we record <laughs> through Zoom. Help us out, Zoom. Um, so if you're interested in sponsorship, hit us up on our social media platforms. Uh, or if you know us, send us a direct message, uh, even text message. Um, we thank you, listeners. You guys are the ones that make this all worthwhile. Uh, it's about educating you. It's about educating us. We're in this together. We're here to build a relationship. And we're here to drive into the future. I love it. Uh, let's keep this. Let's keep this ball rolling. Let's keep this train going, and uh, can't wait for what we got in store. And can't wait to bring to the listeners um, what we got planned in store. So stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. I mean, enjoy your week, and hopefully you're you're enjoying um, listening to the podcast. Um, and I, yeah, I want to say thank you to the people that reached out to me as well. It's 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 on behalf of both of us. It's it's really it's really special that you guys are enjoying the show and and hopefully getting something out of it. 
um, and, and growing from it and becoming a better person. And not that we all need to become better people, but I think, um, you know what? Yeah, we all need to become better people, actually. So um, I'll, just Amen be, to that. I'll just be straight with that. Even if you think you're pretty good and you might actually be pretty good, well, pretty good's not good enough. So let's just always try and be better every single day. You never stay the same. You only get better or worse each day. Try to get better each day. So um, can't wait for the next show. Coach Chaddock, thank you again. Love love having uh, – having you on as the as the co-host of the show and we just keep driving along here and coach cal bowers thank you again and uh stay tuned for the next show apple podcast google play any major platform you listen to spotify check us out throw us a like a subscribe a review whatever the heck it is throw us a shout um if you're interested in a sponsorship or know someone that would like to help us out uh give us a shout via social media um or anything like that and we will be happy to uh to uh, work with you so uh, on behalf of coach chaddock my name is coach Montpagata, and this is the third and 30 podcast